Now, one of the reasons, just looking at the list, why I loved going to see Three Doors Down concerts so much was purely because of the people that they would bring over with them. All, all of their tours always were really fun, whole experiences. And a lot of the time, I was happy to see the support as much as I was happy to see them. And that you know you're going for a good night. everyone and welcome back to my music memories now we are into the second part of a two-parter if you missed the last podcast or this is your jumping in then don't don't jump the queue go back and listen to the first part of my triple threat in which i discuss evanescence and seether because today I'm going to be talking about Three Doors Down and Seether. That's right, I'm talking about Seether in both, across both. It's because it was very difficult to kind of talk about both Evanescence and Three Doors Down. Or did I talk about Seether and then bring both of them up? And I felt like this made the most sense, was to kind of break it in this way. Largely because I will be talking about two concerts for Seether. And one, two, three, four, four concerts for Three Doors Down. However, two of those numbers cross over. Because you see, one of the reasons I love Three Doors Down, very simply, is they always bring amazing people to support them in their concerts. I've never been disappointed, I say that. One of these concerts, I genuinely couldn't remember who was the support. And there was a run of concerts where there was no support. There was just, they just played music for like two and a half, three hours before the band came on and the audience were pissed. They were not happy when, by the time, even though they were there for that band, just standing in the venue waiting for them to come out for two and a half, three hours, really drains your attitude, (laughs) I tell you, not happy, and I feel like that was the second concert, I do, I really, really do, anyway, we will get to it when we get to it, but I couldn't miss this out, and the reason I couldn't miss this out is because throughout all of these concerts, I have had one of my moments, now I've spoken about them before, I think, I must have. But I break down what I consider to be my all-time best concert moments. Now, the breakdown is best moment in a concert full stop. Best headline act. Best support act. And then best concert overall of everything that was involved and you know that there have been it's one of those things where there have been some moments and some concerts that have really kind of clashed and it's like I'm pretty sure I may have talked about this when I talked about the disastrous Richie Sambora concert 
because with everything that happened, with how terrible it was and everything that went wrong, hearing that one song at the end was unbelievable. And for me, that was one of the best endings for a concert. One of the best moments for a concert that I've ever I've ever been to. This is what I would consider in fact I'm not gonna ruin it. Because if I if I if I define what it is, I think you might be able to guess. Maybe, or at least have an idea of where I'm going with it. So we'll hold up on it. But it is there is genuinely one of those moments happen within one of these concerts. And it's a fair way in, so I think we should probably get started. Now, Three Doors Down, actually, you know what? A lot of the bands today, I discovered through, kind of, through Real Rock in Florida. And I have, I've got two whole podcasts which I will link in the description below if you want to jump to those afterwards. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a while ago. But essentially, there is a radio station in Florida that I listened to for the longest part of my life. And that radio station introduced me to music and bands that I wouldn't have heard in the UK. Simply would not have heard of them. Now, Three Doors Down is one of those kind of one of those acts and I say kind of because honestly they still get they actually do still get played right now you know if you listen to my podcasts then you'll know I listen to Kerrang in the mornings quite a lot I don't really listen to many other rock stations because I don't really have the radio on other than the mornings um, and that's when I listen to Kerrang so I don't really listen to a lot of others but even Kerrang! will still occasionally play Three Doors Down. However, I was in Florida, and it was a while ago, around 2002-2003. Really when my era was really getting started. And Three Doors Down had just released an album called Away From The Sun. It was their second album, and a couple of songs were getting airplay on Real Rock while we were in Florida. I fell in love with these songs, and while we were over there, I specifically bought the album, and it was an album, I, I, see I remember buying it early, maybe in the Walmart perhaps, and then I just played it while we were away. Just in the song. So we had the whole album over and over again a lot of the time when we were driving around. So I learnt most of that album. And I knew that when I came home, I was definitely going to want to see them live. I knew that. However, what I discovered when I got home is that I did actually know songs off of the first album. I hadn't recognised the name of the band, but when I got home to check, I knew them. I knew Kryptonite. I knew Loser. I'm pretty sure Be Like That is on the first American Pie film. Now, I'm not sure if that film had come out at that point. I, I should probably have checked um, before I did this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure... It probably did. 
Um, and I knew that. I knew that too. The problem is, and you know, this is what I was getting on about just now. If you hear Three Doors Down on the radio, you only hear Kryptonite. And that's pretty much all you ever hear. You might sometimes hear Loser as well, but almost exclusively, it's Kryptonite is the song you're going to hear. But they've got so many other good songs. And I realised at the time that I would never, I don't think, because I knew Kryptonite, I knew Loser, and I had heard Be Like That. But I hadn't got the album, because those songs for me, they're fine. I don't have a problem with them, but they're not really what I like. So I didn't buy the album, and I wouldn't have looked them up going forward. Which means, frankly, if I hadn't have heard Away From The Sun whilst we were in America, I don't think I would have known that any of this other stuff exists. I don't think I would have gone to see them live, and I would have missed some amazing concerts. So it's yet again another thanks to uh, Real Rock in Florida, because I just don't know I would have. And, I mean, if we're being honest, I did buy the album, the first album, after I realised I knew a handful of songs on it. And right now, um, Duck and Run is one of my all-time favourite songs of theirs, so I'm glad I did, because, again, I don't know I would have heard it outside of um, anywhere. I wouldn't have seen it on TV. I wouldn't have heard it on the radio. So I'm glad that I did hear that album whilst we were out there. And it only would have taken a year or two before I would have my chance to see them live. Because the very first concert that I got to go and see them at was in 2004. All of my concert tickets seem to start 2004, but I'm sh I, I definitely went to see my first four concerts in 1999-2000. Between, like, 99 and 2002. And I can't see that I wouldn't have not gone to any concerts 2002-2004. So I feel like I've got some concert tickets missing, maybe... But this was definitely one of the first proper concerts, proper venues, not big stadiums, not amazingly huge people. They had, Away From The Sun, had been relatively successful, in America more, but it had been, you know, relatively successful, and they were coming over. And I was like, oh yeah, I want to go see them, definitely. It was in Shepherd's Bush, and it was so early, it was just me. My brother wasn't going to concerts at this point. And frankly, he missed out on a banger. Because this, honestly, was one of a good, good, good pairings for tours. Because they brought over a band. Now this is kind of, <laughs> this is what I call inception of getting to learn of new bands and new artists like with uh, the bare naked ladies i mentioned it on their podcast i would never know they existed 
in the capacity that I do if my friend hadn't have just said to me, Oi, you're weird, you like weird stuff, hear this weird music, and then given me their album. If he hadn't have done that, I would not have gone off my own back to look up the band that sing one week. And that's all you ever hear. They're one-hit wonders, according to the UK music people. But they've had so many albums. But I would not have heard a single one. I would not have gone to a single concert had that one friend, in that moment, given me that album. And pretty much the same in this instance. Three Doors Down came over to Shepherd's Bush, and they bought a brand new act, a brand new band. Um, No one had ever heard of them before. They were a brand new band. I'm pretty sure that they hadn't actually released their first album at this point. They'd only had a single out or two. Maybe maybe a single or two. But the album was coming out, and they were a band called Theory of a Dead Man. Now, the name, I thought, sounded like possibly someone that could be considered heavy. So I wasn't sure I would I would like it. In my mind, I was thinking, yeah, I don't I don't think I'll bother um, to pay too much attention. Because what you can do, and what I do sometimes, is you know the support act will come on. I'll listen to a song or two, and then I've made my mind up, and I'll either try and listen um, just because I want to I want to hear more, or I just you know I zone out. It's okay. I'm not really paying that much attention, though, because it's not really polished enough, or it's not for me. You know, it depends Depends what's going on at the time, and very much who they are. And I was slightly concerned that they might be heavy, just because of the name. You know, I'd heard a lot of really heavy bands and acts that had very similar names. Um, And then they came out to set up their stuff, and the singer, he looked very much um, just in kind of style with a moustache and and the hat and everything. He looked very much like Lemmy from Motorhead. And I was thinking, oh, okay, so maybe this isn't for me. Now, I might, (laughs) because I think there's some people there probably thinking, oh, do you not like Motorhead then? I'm I'm a person who I like rock music. I like most music. You you get that kind of image from me. I'm happy to listen to most music. And the bands I'm about to mention, I'm happy to listen to most of the time if they come on the radio. Maybe one song here, one song there. I'm not a fan in general, they're not bands I would li- I would actively listen to personally, or I would buy their stuff. Although one of them did change slightly recently, but they're still very much there. But they're all considered like legends in the music industry, and they're just not someone I'm a huge fan of. And I feel like it's because they were slightly before my time, so I grew up in the era of. They were on the way out, even though they're all still going. Well, a lot of them are still going. 
um, you know, their music was considered old when I was getting into rock. So people of like that I know wouldn't listen to them. And I put it off because I know they're big bands. And you can tell I'm waffling because I don't want to say the names. Because I don't want to be attacked. But again, you know, it's not that I don't like them. Well, one of them it is. It's not that I don't like them necessarily. It's just they're not my... The musics are not for me. Let's put it that way and hope it don't get too much backlash. But essentially, yes, Motorhead is one of them. Anything related to Ozzy Osbourne I'm, is, is another. And he was one that I just said just now. His more recent stuff I quite like, actually. I think it's better than some of his previous stuff. So, you know, it's not everything necessarily. And ACDC. Those three bands, I just, I just don't care. I'm not a fan. I hate ACDC voice. I hate the voice. I just, I just, if I hear the music start, I know them all. And I can sing along to them all. But I just can't stand his voice. I really can't. But that's going off a tangent and I don't want to get attacked. So I'm going to stop talking about that. But while they're setting up their music... The people on the front, because I was on my own. This was one of the first big concerts. And because I was on my own, it meant I got there early, and it meant I was at the front. Front and centre. And the people on the front row, seeing the band set up their equipment, or like tune it and test it and make sure that it worked, we were all thinking, oh, this is going to be heavy. And I really did not have a good time when I went to see Iron Maiden and the their support was entombed and Slayer and they were so heavy and with everything else that was going on that day I was not looking forward to it. Well, as you probably have guessed, if you're listening to this, there's a chance that you know who Theory of a Dead Man are and they are not heavy at all. When they started, I was so pleasantly surprised it was so different to what I thought it would be that I was well in to listen to what else they had to sing. And I was so pleased because they did the majority of their first album, uh, self-titled Theory of a Dead Man. Now, for those who kind of know Theory but don't really know much about them, they were a band, I believe, that were actually discovered or were helped along by Chad Kroger of Nickelback. There were a handful of acts that I really got into that were part of this group of music that were founded by Chad Kroger. And the reason I think is because Chad helped write a lot of their first, their earlier music with them. And it has like an early Nickelback rock type feel. And I loved the early Nickelback stuff. And I mean, it's one of those things where Theory are one of those bands who... I they, they very much go down the same route as Nickelback, I feel. The same as Puddle of Mud as well. They kind of... The songs they release are so much more commercially bending that it puts me off but when I hear the albums 
I love a lot of the stuff that isn't released. And that's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. But some bands feel they have to do that either because they're contracted or because they just feel they won't get the airplay if they don't release the more commercially sounding stuff. And it's such a shame because their first album was just full of amazing tracks. And I I specifically remember, because they're still to this day two of my favourite tracks of theirs, and just in general, the last song and Say I'm Sorry, oh my god, they're unbelievable songs. And they did play them. I'm pretty sure they closed out on the last song. I, I could be wrong, I might just be connecting the name of the song um, to the idea that they would play it last. But there was, I specifically remember, there was someone in the audience who knew them. Um, and we didn't get it at first. We just we just thought it was someone shouting stuff. He was drunk, whatever, you know. Because the moment they stepped on stage, he at least at least once per song, and I might be over exaggerating, but it felt like this was how many times. It was like at least once per song or once per break between songs. This guy would shout, "Get on your wholesome ride." And when he said it at first, everyone laughed because he was a, they were all clearly American and he had this very cowboy look. And we just thought he was referencing that. And I'm pretty sure he had an accent from like Norfolk or Norwich kind of way. Um, because he, at one point, toward like he was getting on, you know, they, they were getting through their set. And at one point he just, he just shouted out, get on your horse and fucking ride. And everyone was laughing. And, and you know, the, the band were, like, talking about, you know, how great it was to be here and to play their stuff. And, you know, the normal stuff that you would get from a support act. But an act that knew what they were doing, let's be honest. <laughs> and then they did actually um, sing the song Leg to Stand On. In which, at the very beginning, the first thing you hear from that song is, get on your wholesome ride. And the whole audience were like, oh, we get it now. He knew the song, you know. Oh, that's so cool. And you know what? Thinking back to what I said, the album must have been released. Because how could someone else have known that if the, al- if the album wasn't out at that point? So the album must have been released at that point. But yeah, um, they did, a, they did a, just an amazing concert. They really did. And the thing with the band like Theory is one or two of their releases over the years, because they're still making music, they're still going strong. They obviously don't use Chad Kroger anymore. He helped them, well, I say that, I can't guarantee that's the case. But, um, you know, he helped them very much get established the first album and really get out there. And then I'm pretty sure they've been, you know, doing their own thing since. But the occasional single that gets released and becomes quite big isn't a song that I would listen to. But the album will always have a couple of tracks that I would listen to. And that is the thing. If I hadn't have seen them at this concert and do this amazing set with this absolutely fantastic music, 
I wouldn't know about all their good stuff. For me, what I consider good stuff. So this was a great thing for Three Doors Down to do for me. Because it was fantastic. It was so good. And then after having this, like, who I thought was going to be quite heavy and I thought I was going to have problems, suddenly had an amazing time. I then had to, I then got to sit through Three Doors Down in which they did the songs I knew off of their first album and then the majority of Away From The Sun, which is still one of my favourite Three Doors Down albums. Could be because I listened to it for so long that I just I know every song off of there. Um, and yeah, there are a handful that you could ignore, I suppose, which is why it's not one of my albums of all time. But there's definitely the majority of that album is unbelievable. There will be a, a Free Doors Down playlist in the description, so you can go down and you can listen to it. I will also relink my Seether playlist from last time. So if you didn't listen to it last time, you can listen to it now. It's completely up to you. I'm then going to jump a year. It was only a year. I was telling my brother how good they had been. And they had released a new album at this point. 17 Days is the album. And it was a solid album. Now, it was no away from the sun, but it was good. There were definitely some really good songs on it. One of which, I was actually wondering if they were going to do it live. It would be weird if they didn't, because eventually they did release it as a single. But it featured uh, Bob Seger as uh, vocals on the actual um, on the actual song. And the reason I was hoping that they would do it is because the song is called Landing in London. Now, I think, and again, this is this is just me. I'm sure I've heard this. When they do this song in other places, they use the name of the place they're in. But the song is Landing in London. So to hear it in London was a big deal. By this time, I had spoken to my brother... And I'm pretty sure from here on, he did come with me to see them. However, so I said right back at the beginning, I feel like when we got in, there were some signs, because sometimes you get signs, sometimes you don't. There were signs that specifically said, there is, uh, like, like Three Doors Down will come on at a certain time, and then the support will be at this time. And if there's a nut, like two support, it gives you the list, the breakdown of the times of when they're going to be performing. And there was no other time. If I remember rightly, it just said, like, the doors opened at, like, let's say, 6. And it was, like, from 6, DJ set. And then half 9, three doors down, or something like that. And we were like, DJ set? What the, what the hell's that? And we got in, and we all got ready you know, at the front, you know, ready to go. Me and my brother were leaning on the barrier. And then just nothing happened. And it was one of the most just dragged out. Because, you know, we'd been queuing up since probably 11, 12 o'clock. So to queue up another three hours inside when there's no support, to look forward to 
it just it just felt oh god we feel like we've been ripped off couldn't they get anyone to come and support it was ridiculous um but then they came out and they did well it was so the one thing that me and my brother have spoken about in the past is something that i'm going to mention here and that is that sometimes the uh when the bands perform they perform very well but not as it sounds like it's recorded they sing slightly differently or the music is performed slightly differently and the song still sounds great but it's not quite as it's recorded and then sometimes it's identical to the recording and for me for some people that would be a bad thing for me it's not because if you're able to completely replicate the music you record live that's a talent and a half and honestly brad arnold the singer of three doors down he truly sounds he has one of the best voices live compared to the recorded voice for me i have yet to hear someone who sounds the closest to their recorded voice that they do when they're live and that is a talent he has an amazing voice he really does um yeah they did sing landing in london i can't remember whether they played bob seger's part over or whether he sang it or someone else sang it that concert was a bit of a blur because there was no support and it was just a hassle but the music was good you know we got to hear bits of the first and the second albums and it was still a good night but yeah it felt like we'd gone a lot longer because of the lack of support it just it just felt like the whole thing dragged and then i'm going to jump a concert we're going to jump all the way to 2016 now we're at hammersmith and this is a concert that's a little bit of a blur for me largely because i actually went to this concert on my own we're at 2016 so it wasn't that long ago and this was around the time when my brother was working and just couldn't get the time off and he didn't really fancy kind of arguing to try and get some time off so i decided i would go on my own and the reason i decided i would go on my own is largely because they announced that their support they were going to be at hammersmith it was november uh, 2016 and they announced that their support was going to be a band called pop evil now there was a blast from the past i mentioned earlier about real rock now one of the bands i discovered through real rock but didn't actually follow up on now i don't know why um i honestly can't tell you but i heard a song now i had to look back to see when this was largely because um i just listened to that song i just often play it on youtube or whatever and just listen to that one song i've never actually looked them up i've never listened to other music 
I've never seen what albums they've got or anything at all. I just heard this one song on Real Rock back in 2011. Right, The song is called Monster You Made. And obviously the band were pop evil. And the song really resonated with me. I don't know why. It was just a, it's a really good rock ballad. It's a really good song. But I, I, I genuinely can't tell you why I hadn't listened to any of their stuff. And when I saw that Pop Evil were going to be supporting them, my first thought was, oh, that would be cool. I might get to hear Monster You Made. Why haven't I listened to more of their stuff? And I couldn't work out because it had been like five years at this point. And to this day, I still don't know. It's really, really strange. However, this concert was a good concert. I remember more about Pop Evil than I do about Three Doors Down, and that's a shame. And this is going to come across a bit weird. I, I've already said, I love Three Doors Down. And when I go back to talk about the third concert, because remember I skipped one, so technically this is the fourth concert I'm talking about now. When I go back to talk about the third one, it's about probably my favourite Three Doors Down album. And I said that about Away From The Sun as well. I love their music. I really, really do. I listen to it all the time. Their last album, Us and The Night, was released in 2016. But I can't think of a single song off of that album. I'm not even sure I own it. What's going on there? I'd even even researching into the band for this podcast, I haven't actually listened to any songs off that album. Now, that album came out in 2016. I saw them in Hammersmith in 2016. They must have done some songs off of it. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's happened. It's weird. Why have I not listened to that album? I, I genuinely don't know. And I am, when I finish this recording, going to listen to that album immediately. I, I genuinely don't know why I haven't listened to that album. I, I feel like I let the band down. And I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. Please let me in your concert next time you come. However, the reason I said that I remember Pop Evil a lot more it's for reasons that I don't even know if it's true. But we'll get to that in a minute. But they were there on stage. They had a new drummer. Her name is Hayley Kramer. I believe is how it's pronounced. And she is British. She is a British female drummer. And they actually announced while they were on stage that she was the brand new drummer in their band and that this was her first tour so she was essentially saying goodbye to her family to go on tour with the band for the first time I think is the way they were talking about it and then they performed a bunch of songs that I didn't know I'm pretty sure they did Monster You Made because I remember singing along to it the reason I said it could all be lies is because I specifically remember them saying that they are going to do a new song. And they did the song Waking Lions. 
Now, I remember looking them up and thinking, hearing Waking Lions, and thinking, oh, I like this song. I hope they kind of do this one, because I wanted to know like the more recent song that they had. And I remember hearing that song, um, and then they did it live. And I remember thinking, oh, it's really good. But everything that I'm looking is telling me that that song wasn't released for another year. So I must just be making it up. What I think must have happened is they said that they were going to do a new song. They did Waking Lions, and that was how I knew it. So that when they actually released it, I already knew the song, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe none of this is true. But I definitely remember them doing that song. And I have pictures. Because this was such a recent thing, I still have pictures of both bands from this concert on my phone. But I don't remember anything about the Three Doors Down part of it. And I feel like I, I should, because it's the most recent. It's, it's upsetting. However, we're going to go back now. And the reason I jumped this concert is because it was 2012, and it was at Hammersmith, and it was Three Doors Down with a support of Seether. Now, look at those concerts for a minute. Ignore the one that had no support, if I'm remembering that correctly. Theory of a Dead Man, Seether, Pop Evil. These are huge, huge bands in the rock world in America at the time um, especially these concerts are fantastic they really know how to put on a show they that they actively that I'm, I'm, I'm tripping over my words and it's something that will happen um, you know if I haven't mentioned it before I do have um, a speech a stammer issue and what will happen is if I speak too fast or if I get too excited, then I can stammer. It can come out. But I had speech therapy to learn how to speak eloquently. Which is basically slow down. So <laughs> I'll, I find I will slow myself down. And I will say that they are one of those bands whom they are an American band. But they don't just come over here and accept whatever support the either the label or the or the venue set up for them they actively it feels like they actively look and bring people that they were taught in america with over with them and that's a big deal because there are so many times and i've mentioned this so many times that you'll see a concert going on in america and you'll think Oh, that's amazing. I would so love to see that happening here. And then one of those people would come over and just have support that is just some unknown British band that is just like, oh, just bring everyone over. Come over with the, the whole tour. Make the effort, you know. And I know it's not up to the... the it's probably not up to the headline act to deal with that, but it would be nice if that happened more frequently. And now that we're talking about Seether, I am going to say that I, this is bad of me, and I'm, I'm sorry, but there's a lot going on right now. Christmas is just around the corner, and there's been a whole lot of stuff going on. I can't remember if I mentioned this concert 
in the last um in the last podcast but i'm going to mention it briefly now essentially we saw Seether, me and my brother at the forum in 2014 so it would be two years after they supported Free Doors Down in Hammersmith. Now, at that time, they had just released, or were just about to release the album, Isolate and Medicate, which was their sixth studio album. And there are definitely a handful of good songs on that album. They played uh, like a medley of hits and uh, a large portion of the new album. And it was a decent concert. That's pretty much where it ends. The problem is, I haven't been as into their more newer stuff than I am into their older stuff. And it could go down to the whole age thing. Maybe it's just not for me because I've got older or something. I don't know. Um, but there's very little else I can remember about that. So I'm not really going to try and... Ex you know remember things or whatever i remember enjoying myself i remember not enjoying myself as much as i did previously seeing seether and i think and again it comes what it comes down to as well is i listen to the songs i like and if i get a concert without those songs it's it's not as memorable for me so that will tend to be the case however 2012, Seether had just released Holding On To Strings, Better Left To Fray. Now, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this album last time. I remember talking about it. And the main reason I remember is because it has some of my best... My, it definitely has some of my better recent Seether songs. There's a little run of songs with Country Song... Master of Disaster and Tonight, those three together, um, they're great songs. And Tonight especially is a very good live track. Country Song was also so much fun. And it was one of those things, I liked this album anyway. So because they were supporting, if a band is headlining, is you would get like... A best of selection and three quarters of the current album that they're touring for smashed together and all mixed around. That tends to be the set list that you have to be prepared to listen to unless the tour is for something specific, i.e. Um, David Gray touring for the White Ladder. You know, he he specifically did a selection of hits and then the White Ladder album, because that's what the tour was for. And what you get if a band is actually supporting, and they're not headlining, is you'll find that they tend to, rather than do, like, a best of and three quarters of the new album, they'll do half or a third of the new album, and still try and do as many greatest hits as they can. So you tend to get more songs that you know as opposed to the ones off of the album that you may not be as familiar with. And I do remember them doing a banger of a set list. Really, really good. And I 
do remember them doing Broken on their own. Uh, because obviously Amy Lee wasn't there. And rather than play the music in, they just performed the song with just them. Which they have got a recording of. It's on their album. So, you know, it's not like they're choosing to not do it without her. Um, which is, you know, it's good. I like, because I like both versions. I just like that song. It's a good song. And then they said thank you. And then Siva walked off. Then Three Doors Down came out. And uh, I'm going to be honest. They had just released probably, the more I think about it, I do think I prefer this album over Away From The Sun. But I only think that because I might have overplayed Away From The Sun. So I might have caused myself a little bit of, oh, this again, kind of, kind of in the back of my mind. My God, I love Time Of My Life, the album. It's got some such good tracks on it. And I mean, just to list a few. I mean, The Time Of My Life is a good song. Round and Round is a song I play so many times. On the Run is a great song. Believer is such a good track. There is just that whole album. It's one of those things that, you know, I like to think, you know, take some stuff away from my podcasts. For me, this this time, it is very much, if you haven't heard the whole albums, go away and listen to Away From The Sun and Time Of My Life. There will be parts of those albums in the playlist below, but, I, you know, because some of the songs that I would leave off, as much as I love the albums, um, you might like. So you should listen to those two albums. They're so good. And then, Brad Arnold came out. And... You see, I'm getting a little bit choked up because I'm remembering, and it was unbel- It was oh, it was so good. Uh, essentially, Brad Arnold came out. Everyone, everyone had left. I'm going to start again. I'm going to think about it because you know, it was one of those moments that, that all the band had gone, the stage had emptied, and the band, you know, the audience were chanting to get them back out, and then Brad Arnold came out with a guitar around his neck. And he called out the singer of Seether, Sean Morgan. Again, I could butcher these names. I don't know. This is how I've heard them. So, you know, I hope this is correct. And he basically talked about how uh, poverty and you should always, you know, be kind to your neighbour. And this this was the kind of speech that he gave. And then he said, you know, he's going to sing a song that's kind of about that. And, you know, this guy's going to help me. And everyone was like, oh, okay. You know, okay, we'll, we'll applaud. But, you know, what was this going to be? Was was this uh, going to be a Three Doors Down song? Was this going to be a Seether song? What was, you know, what were they going to be singing? And then they sang Phil Collins's Another Day in Paradise. Now... It's one of those things that you don't imagine 
how big some of these bands have been in the past that they how is it's it's ridiculous to say because they were he was huge and he's you know one of my favorite people i've seen him live but the idea that both three doors down and seether knew the song another day in paradise and the moment he started singing and people were realizing what it was they were just roaring in cheers and god did we sing along um it was just this unbelievable thing of how do they know this song this is one of my favorite songs oh my god you know i'm getting to hear these two guys sing this amazing song it was just so good and and he was talking you know beforehand i'm sure he was mentioning about how much the song meant when you when you know he's talking about being kind to your neighbor and uh people that are homeless and and that kind of thing um you know how much more it means now than it did then and all of this kind of stuff and it just it was such a moment it was unbelievable and honestly um if you search for free doors down another day in paradise on youtube there are a couple of examples on there um there are three main ones you've got the bethnal woods center you've got the manchester academy and then someone has put the hammersmith apollo up there but they've listed it as the 15th of the 3rd. I saw on the 19th of the 4th. Now that date came directly from the ticket I own. So I don't know if they were here a month apart together. Or if that person just has the wrong date. I don't know. But that's the one to watch. Realistically. The uh, the Hammersmith Apollo one. Because that that's basically the one that I got to see a month later. <laughs> so you know you get to hear them sing it oh you get to hear the audience's reaction to when they realize what the song is they both sang it amazingly well both their voices work so well together you know it's it's such a good it was just an an, an unbelievable moment that i don't think we would ever get again is the thing i mean they could do i'm pretty sure they they you know they might tour again and if they were to tour again they could always do it again um, but I just feel like, you know, it was one of those moments of that tour that they did that it's never, it's not repeatable. Um, and it was such a good moment. It was an unbelievable moment. And then, honestly, other than the album that I don't really know exists, uh, which I am immensely sorry for, um, they haven't done anything since then. Now, we've had three years of COVID, so, you know. There's been a lot of, of ups and downs for bands during that time anyway. But it's like the last album was 2016. That's a long, long time ago. And I haven't even really seen them tour since 2016. Since that one time I saw them with Pop Evil. In fact, the reason I was so cagey about Three Doors Down and Seaver touring together is because I'm sure... Uh, a couple of months back, I saw, or it might even be a year now, um, time has no meaning in this at this point, but I'm sure a little while ago, I saw a poster for a tour that was announced that was in America, 
and it was Three Doors Down and Siva, and they were co-headlining, they were touring. And I remember thinking, oh, that's cool. I saw that. Wouldn't it be great if they came to the UK? And they didn't. And it was like, oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure that concert's gone. I think that happened. Um, and that's why I, I, I was kind of cagey, um, because I'm, I feel like I saw that recently. Not 100% sure. But I really hope we get something new from Three Doors Down. I mean, I have a whole album to listen to, I know. But I really do hope that we get something new from them. And that they do tour again. Because I'm finding less and less tours that I can either go to or that I want to go to. Or I can afford to go to. Whereas I, I feel like with Three Doors Down... I would make more of an effort because I do love their music so much more. And to go right back to the beginning of the first part, that was why I was so confused. I thought I had done this as a podcast a while ago because I love Three Doors Down so much and that the, the moment of Another Day in Paradise was such a good moment that I must have done it previously. And when I noticed that I hadn't, I knew I had to do it now. Um, and now I have. That was it. That was the triple threat. Thank you so much for listening. I have immensely enjoyed reliving these concerts. They were so good. They really were. Now, with Christmas around the corner, last year I did a special thing over Christmas and New Year, which was I did my... Best all-time Christmas songs, I think. And I did the Women Rock for New Year. I'm pretty sure that was the way I did it. In this instance, what I might do is discuss a couple of my favourite albums or my favourite playlists for people that I can never see. Largely because they're dead. And, and, that's, and on that sad note, I will leave it with you. But... Yeah, I'm not sure what, what the next one's going to be. But if you just keep keep your ear to the ground, um, I'm sure you'll hear the rumblings when it's about to, when it's about to drop, and then then you'll be ready. So, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're getting ready to put up those Christmas decorations. I know I am. I will be listening out for you next time. 